great, great morning, everybody. Great, great morning. This is uh, uh, re- retake uh, eight. Caleb, how are we doing? <laughs> this is episode 130 of Shipbuilding with Coop and Coop's assistant. How are oh, you got, today, sir? I got an assistant. That's me. Oh, got it. Got it. you mean co-host? You mean co-host? Because we both. Co-host. Yeah, I got a lot of yeah. names. Got it. Okay, awesome. I'm I'm great, bro. Uh, can't complain too much. Uh, just another day. Uh, another Monday. Uh, just trying mm. to just go going out here to crush it, bro. Mm. <laughs> yes. What was that? I felt like there was. I love it. Just there. another Monday, man. Just another Monday, bro. It's all good. It's all good. What about you? How's everything going on in your your neck of the woods? Everything's great, as usual. It's another great morning in the shipbuilding world. My latest challenges are two different rental properties. Um, one that the SWAT team broke into. Mm, the SWAT and then, team? And then one that... Um, I finally got one, everybody. I finally got a property where they stopped paying rent, and I got evicted, everybody. Wow, is that that's not the Fargo one, is it? No, well, I guess technically. See, so those guys stopped paying rent, and we evicted them too. But I didn't have to do any of it <laughs> because I had a property manager, right? Yeah, so I got another exactly. one where now, like, no manager, I got to do it. All right, bro. Well, just um, but no, life's good, man. It's all about, as my mother says, King Dell. It's all about King Dell and um, and the grind, sell houses, make money, uh, buy assets. Love it. Build relationships. Love it. Decade to dominate. Awesome, awesome. Okay, all right, bro. Well, let's get into this episode. Let's do it, bro. All right, Cooper, go ahead and bring in our next guest. Great morning, everybody. On today's episode of Shipbuilding with Cooper and Caleb, we have an individual who is currently living in Nashville for the last two years and has been in sales for 10 plus years. Married with a four-year-old son and on September and one on the way on September 14th. Oh, awesome. Currently in the tech industry doing marketing and consulting. Ladies and gentlemen, we have CJ Mickmon. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me, guys. The CJ. The CJ. Appreciate awesome. it. Awesome, awesome. Cooper, CJ. this is a special human. Just before you ask just before you ask the question, just know it's a special well, human. Well, I mean, he he's he's in Nashville, he's in the tech industry. I mean, he's got a kid, one on the way. I mean, I'm I'm pumped. <laughs> I'm pumped. Let's get started. Uh CJ, uh, thanks again for coming on. Can you just tell our audience a little bit more about uh who you are, what you do, and why you do what you do? Sure. Well, and, and let me just say, Cooper and Caleb, thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate it. It's an honor. And I, I, I've, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I've been binging the podcast to get up to today. So I'm, I'm caught up and it's been really fun um, watching you guys build some ships, as, as I've heard you say. So uh, I am. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm CJ. I'm, I'm here in Nashville. We I'm from Minneapolis, which is where uh, Caleb and I met long ago working at Lifetime. Um, pretty much been in sales since since post-college. Uh, and that's that's kind of what I do. So um, I think, I think why I do it is I, I came from an entrepreneurial family. My dad's had his, has had his own business for 35 plus years. And I'm, I'm just slowly stepping into that as kind of a, it's currently more of a small side hustle today, but kind of the long-term plan. And, um, I just think, I think sales is kind of where, where I, I don't know if I'd say thrived, but where I enjoyed it the most <laughs> and was able to have an impact on a lot of people, um, and also be able to grow myself in the process. So being able to, you know, raise a family and lead a family and have great friends. And it's just, it's always kind of been, it's always kind of started with, with the sales profession. So, uh, I guess that, that's a little about me. <laughs> CJ, were you a former athlete as well? I can't remember if that's true or not. 
Yeah. Um, high school was high school and college was, uh, a cross country and, and track and field. Got it. And how do, how was your experience as a collegiate slash high school athlete? And then how was that transition once you finished school? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. It, it's been, uh, it's been interesting post post athletic career. I loved it in high school. It was kind of what kept me grounded, honestly, church and, and athletics was what kept me grounded. It was not the school part. I'll tell you that. I was more of an athlete student. And then going into college, I enjoyed my studies so much more. It ended up being a cool balance of good friends, you know, good, good athletics. And then I actually enjoyed class, which was a fun concept for me to have, have enjoyed class at age 19 for the first time. Um, but yeah, track track's always been my grounding kind of thing. And then cross country, I, I jokingly say I did it just to stay off the streets. But really, I just I did it because I there was no other sport I was good at in that season. Um, but I was more of a sprinter. I was actually a decathlete in college. Um, when we had the two-day meets, I would do the decathlon. And then for uh, smaller meets, I, I was like a, a mid-sprinter. So 200, 400. And yeah, that kept me grounded. Post-college, um, and even just you know, 10, 10, 12 years later, I'm learning that when you don't have a coach, you're less motivated. <laughs> and uh, mm. yes, I'm self-motivated, right? I'm hungry. I, I wake up with my hair on fire every day. But at the end of the day, um, you know, my workouts don't look the same. My fitness routine doesn't look the same. Uh, I, I tell myself no more often than a coach would. <laughs> so um, it's been it's been a great journey uh, post-athletics, but it's also, there's been some learning moments as I, you know, grow old, I say. How did... um the move to uh, Tennessee come about? Um, how, how do you like it compared to the Minneapolis, Minneapolis area? Yeah. Uh, what's funny. So I, I was always kind of trying to leave Minnesota. It just never worked out. Uh, I went to California for college, ended up coming back, moving up to Duluth and uh, the great white North for a while. But I, I moved to Nashville for a job. I, I uh, got a job at the Ramsey solutions company and kind of something I had, I had applied for a couple different times. And finally it, it just must've hit at that time and uh, moved the family down here. And it's been a, it's been a good transition. Uh, very different, right? I mean, growing up in Minneapolis and melting pot and the northerners all around. And, and it's obviously it's, it's nine seasons or nine months, a, a year of winter we're here. I mean, even today it's, it's early September and it's so humid outside and, uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely a good transition. My wife is, I feel like she's been more grounded here than me even just because I've always had work. So it's, it's like work. And then I come home where she's like really had to invest in neighbors and friends and church. And it's been a great transition. We, we couldn't have asked for better people, better landing spot. Um, I, I think that because of who I'm married to, I think wherever we go, it'll always work out. But as far as like the South and the Nashville, like I would recommend it to anybody. And apparently people are taking my advice because it is blowing up over here. <laughs> CJ, what did you do at Lifetime? And then how did that transition into what you did for the Ramsey Solutions Company? Sure. Um, so Lifetime, I started out as a trainer. And I, you're kind of always a trainer in that role. So I was constantly taking clients. Um, but I ended up in a role... I think I forget the exact, it was called something like a group training manager where I basically uh, managed all the the paid group training things. Um, so I still worked under like the general manager and the personal training manager, but I my role was to train clients and then also to run these classes uh, and of course produce revenue and grow the classes, grow attendance, get different demographics involved. Like we were working on a, a, a kid's class at the end there. Um, and then of course I, I taught the classes myself as well. So that was, that was awesome. Like boot camps and things. What, um, that ended up into a, I ended up getting a little burnt out on the fitness side and that, that's just me. Like I, I enjoyed it, but I, enjoyed, after four years, I think I just, I, I needed something else and I ended up in staffing, which I did not like, but it did lead me to, to this next step. Um, which, and it, nothing wrong with staffing, but if you guys, either of you have been in it, it's, it's just a grind. It's, it's a real, real tough role, um, and made good friends. I still talk to a lot of people today, had some awesome leaders at down there. Um, actually almost transitioned to the Brentwood office for that company, um, ended up just sticking with a different, obviously the, I got the Ramsey job, but, um, yeah, that was my first direct, like I am selling right now, right? Like as a trainer, you're training people, but you're not going to get clients unless you can sell your ability to train. And there's a lot of nuance to that, of course, but that was kind of my first realization of, I, I really like the selling part. I'm not sure if I'm really going to stick with the, you know, the fitness side or the, the staffing side, and they're all good careers, but for me, it was the 
uh, that's when I knew when I was at Lifetime, some, somewhere halfway through my, my career there, I was thinking, I think I'm going to stick with sales. No, no matter what I'm doing, it's probably going to involve that. And when you switch to, this is a selfish question. <laughs> when you switch to Ramsey Solutions, what were you selling, you know, then versus at Lifetime, right? Like Lifetime, you were selling, hey, you want this program. Hey, you want to work with me or you want to work with this person. Uh, you know, what was, what was Ramsey solutions? Like Dave Ramsey's like, he's, he's gotta be like a top 50 most famous financial people in the country. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Uh, and, and obviously he's, um, I mean, he's got a lot of clout here in Nashville too. So, cause growing up, I didn't know who Dave was. And the reason my college career is kind of funny is I actually didn't want to take on any loans. We did that without knowing who Dave was where now it's like the Dave way. Right. So, um, yeah, he's got a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of things going on down here and, and even internationally. But uh, yeah, I was working with business owners and that's where I, I, I really enjoyed that, you know, especially working at a lifetime, you know, you'd, you'd land a client who like runs their own business and half the time we're training, you know, we're talking about that. Right. And I loved that. I can, you know, my dad runs his own business and, and I've always been entrepreneurial minded. Um, so, and even going into staffing and working with CEOs and helping them build out their team and then coming to, to Ramsey where I worked on a small team called Entree Leadership, about 70 people or so. Um, and we were selling like events and coaching and, and a digital coaching product to business owners. So I would call on on business owners from solopreneurs to, you know, teams of 100 plus people, all varying, you know, top line revenues. And there was no um, there was no like skill set I sat in. So I could take a call from a from a construction business owner where his wife is the bookkeeper. Then I could take a call from a, you know, from a financial firm that has 100 people. So. It was it was exciting to be able to work with all those different business owners. That's a that's a really good tribe. I'll always be thankful for that tribe. I, I obviously still talk to a lot of those clients today. Um, and ironically, you know, the, the role I'm in today, I can't serve them because <laughs> I'm in such a small niche now. I worked with none of those people at Ramsey, so it's just funny to see the journey of, you know, you, you work with a smaller niche almost as you grow. Uh, but yeah, that that was my role there as I was working with uh, business owners of all kinds, and it was an awesome experience. In your uh, in your field, uh, CJ, with working with business owners, um, and I don't know, and I don't know how much you can share, but is there like any common theme that you like when you're talking to these business owners? Oh my gosh, yeah, there's there's a few, um, and I'm in the tech space now, so it's a little different. You know, a lot of them are they've been working remote before it was cool. You know, they're, they're, there's much smaller teams, much more specialized, but, um, the, I, there's a few things. I think it's hard to duplicate yourself as a business owner. It's hard to hire somebody and then expect that, you know, you to basically teach that is really hard. It's probably, it's, it's hard to coach your team and build a team and start to scale. So duplicating yourself and taking a moment uh, or having the discipline to work, on your business and not always in your business. I think that's the first and most common theme that I've seen across the years, across companies, states, everywhere, is being able to duplicate oneself in that way. Uh, and then the only other thing I'll say is just having the wherewithal to know this is a long-term thing. Very few things hit overnight. And sometimes people call you an overnight success, even though you've been working at it for years and years and years, right? I know Sarah Blakely's uh, got an incredible talk where she talks about you know, the first time people saw her, like she, she, she made it to TV and that was like 10 years after she actually started her business. Right. So, and I, I probably have the timeline wrong, but uh, I think a lot of business owners start a business hoping that this is going to be great from day one. And I am, I'm going to sell this for more than it's worth and whatever, whatever the goal is, right. I'm gonna hand this to my child or I'm going to whatever with it, scale it. And then it's a grind for a long time and then they get discouraged and it just becomes they kind of become a slave to the business. Uh, and that's what you hate to see. You hate to talk to business owners who are discouraged and kind of down on their luck. That's, that's something that, that genuinely makes me sad because <laughs> it, because it can be better. So, but yeah, those are the, probably the, the two most common things I see. And I, I guess to just um, add some context. So you work for Ramsey Solutions. So I've transitioned to a small technology company called Technology Marketing Toolkit. Okay. And, uh, and again, I have the same type of tribe. It's, it's, I work with business owners, but specifically they're in the technology space. So Got it. Your, okay. your internet providers, your, your data people. And, um, 
so, so it's, it's similar. Like, I mean, I'm even still, like we work with events and things like that, digital products, but I'm in the tech space now. So business, business owners or businesses are reaching out to you guys f- for just like technology advice or. Yeah. Right. Um, marketing, sales, consulting, uh, those Got types it. of things. You know, how okay. can we get more inbound leads? How can I, how can I create a lead magnet that works? How can I diversify how I'm marketing without spending a ton? Those types of things. Can you talk a little bit with you being in the technology space? Um, how should I phrase this? Like, just, I feel like, like, I mean, even now, but more so like the next couple of years, like technology is just going to be such a big part of business and just how we live um, our day-to-day lives, even like even now. Um, can you just talk about like, like business owners or like people that are like sl- that aren't jumping on this wave right now? Like maybe just talk about like I'm talking in circles here. Can you just talk about like where you see technology and why technology is such a vital part for your business? What what's coming next, CJ? That's what he yeah. meant. To say. <laughs> well, uh, I I left my crystal ball downstairs. I'll have to grab that later. Um, but, uh, well, I guess there's, there's two sides to that. Uh, I, I honestly think there's, there's two sides to it. So there's the side of, let's go the negative side first, right? Um, we all know people who, who are run by technology, if that makes sense, right? They're noted like their phone dings and they're, they're a zombie for the next 90 seconds. They're just tuned out. It's yep. they're, they're, they're a slave to their technology. And, and that's hard because <laughs> it's cool. It's fun. We, we literally have the shiny thing in our pockets at all times. Like my dopamine hits when I get a text from, from friends or, or whatever. And, um, and that's great. Uh, but it also can be a challenge for someone who needs to stay disciplined, like a business owner or anybody, a father or uh, anybody. And, um, you know, these days you see people, it's crazy, man. You drive down the road, just look around, <laughs> look at the people and where their eyes are. And yep. it scares me. I'm going 75 miles an hour next to someone who's literally not looking at the road. So, so that's the downside. The, the positive side is technology is going to help your business scale. I, and I don't mean to only speak to business owners. That's just, that's kind of what I'm wired to do is it's going to help you scale. Um, today we're, we're, we're recording it. I'll tell you guys this. I've never been featured on a podcast before. I've been mentioned a few times with some stuff that we did at Ramsey, but I've never been on one. I'm doing this with you guys. Hopefully it's coming across. Well, this is not challenging. You guys just invited me. I walked in, I typed my name and I'm done. I'm here. And now we can record for all kinds of people to listen to it. That's awesome. That is literally how we scale things. So I think technology is going to be, we're going to lean on it very hard, even more over the next couple of years, probably 10, 20 years as we need things to scale. Um, now the rate and, and the, the health of scale, I think that's going to vary, but it's, it's going to be what we lean on to scale. And I think the, the human capital is going to still be behind it, but it is going to change how we hire and how we retain people, you know, based on, Hey, can, can we replace this position with a, with a robot or, or, or can we eliminate this position because we're moving faster at this other position that's more technology driven. So who knows what's coming, but I know that it's going to be heavily leaned on for scale in business. What's your, uh, maybe like one or two tips for that person that is like still old school, right? Like doesn't (laughs) want to change with the times or like even someone that knows they need to make that transition, right? Like what's one or two steps that, that they can implement now to start getting technology more in their life or business? Yeah. Um, I would say embrace social media. And I know I'm, I'm calling that a technology. I mean, it's on our phones, it's on our computers. Um, embrace it. And, and when I say embrace it, I'm not saying you have to engage with everyone like everyone else engages. I'm just saying, use it how you want to use it. Like right now, my, my, so I really only use LinkedIn and, and I have my LinkedIn post to Twitter as well, but no one follows me on Twitter. So I just post stuff. It's mostly personal. It's personal growth. It's it's somewhat business related, but it's absolutely not like I'm not posting on behalf of a company. It's it's just me. And I would encourage a lot of business owners to do that. We have these conversations all the time. Make your personality show. Like who are you? We we want to see it. It doesn't mean you need to post every day. You could post weekly, monthly, and still we could we could know exactly who you are. I and mean, we've all seen cool videos of things where if I put up a cool video today, that'll get watched for the next week. So we can scale our impact doing things like that. 
So I would, I would tell them to embrace social media in the way that gives them life, not, not how it sucks life. Like if it's going to be too much, then do it how they need to do it. We all know there's different levels of that. I post once a day and I, I, re, I pre-schedule all my posts. So this whole week, I know it's going. Well, I usually forget by the time they come out, but they come out and then, it, then it's up and I, I'm not even doing anything. It just took me a couple minutes to put those all together. So I would tell people to embrace social in, in, in whatever way that means for them. Um, the other thing, if, if I'm going to say a second thing, I would say <laughs> get into a group of people who are ahead of you as far as technology goes. Now, this is a su- I'm, I'm, this is so easy for me to say because I literally work with a genius CEO, Robin Robbins, and a genius company of people that are like the most tech forward people in the world. I mean, they're incredible. So this is really easy for me to say. But let's say I'm not at this company. Let's say I'm just at my church or I'm in a community or, or I've got a smart neighbor. In fact, my neighbor to my left is an engineer. He's extremely smart. I would say get in front of those people, talk to them, see what kind of apps they use, see what kind of programs they use, see how they record things, see how they deliver information to other people and just pick the things that work for you. And again, I could probably sit in both of your offices and learn a ton of things just by how you do your operations. And I bet you a lot of that's going to be technology driven. So I would encourage people to level up their game with their friends and or peers or coworkers when it comes to tech. Love it. CJ, when it comes to social, I mean, what's your personal strategy versus what's your advice? Because you got Facebook, Instagram, Mm. TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, a bunch of others I probably don't even know about, right? Um, What are you doing and or what are you telling the intern at your company who's asking for advice. Yeah. Um, that's, that's awesome. I, yeah, there's so much out there and I I truly only use the ones that, that are life giving for me. Um, so here's what I do. I'm a big researcher. I love to sit down and research. My wife's the same way. So we'll, we'll research like, Hey, what's the best time to post? And of course you can find anything. So you can find 10 different things. I kind of just disseminate all of it, pick what I think is best. And then I scale it to my own ability to have life giving, like, uh, moments with it. So for example, I'll just use LinkedIn. I, I post once a day. I schedule those posts using a, a software called Publer, or there's also one called Buffer. I recommend either one. They're both great. And uh, like tomorrow at 3 a.m., a post is going to go out that I'm not going to do. It, it's already done. And um, that's life-giving for me. Now, if I get up and check my notifications right away and then go to work and check them again, and then post again and see how that, like, I, I cannot, I, you'll lose me so fast. I'll delete it. In fact, I deleted my Facebook just in a whim one day. I was like, I can't do it. I'm done. This was years and years and years ago. Uh, and the only reason I have Twitter is because I want to follow the Nashville severe weather channel, which is really, they're really good. Um, and there's a lot of severe weather channels around. So whatever city you're in probably has one, but, uh, um, that's what I would say is I, I do the research. I see quote unquote, when am I supposed to post? What's the best way to engage? What's the, this and that. And then I level it down to my own ability to enjoy it. And that's what I'll do. That's as much as I'll engage. Love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you said something like way in the beginning. Um, I want to touch on that a little bit. You said that, um, you're more motivated with a coach. Did I hear that right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Can, so can you, I guess, just touch on that a little bit. Like where, like where did that comment come from? Like just maybe just talk about that for a little bit. Also, I think I I could be wrong. Watch. I was going to say, watch me listen to this back and I have this wrong, but I think it was Caleb asking, Hey, what was your transition from athletics to, to not formal athletics? And, uh, it was tough because, and even today, like I, I had a little run today, but it was truly just a little run. It wasn't, and, and I'm not always going out there to, you know, kick butt or anything, but um, sometimes you just got to go get your mind outside and that's fine. But when I'm with a coach in both in business or athletics, I'm going to get pushed a lot harder, usually beyond my comfort zone. I actually just quoted a good friend of mine named Adam Jones, who's got a podcast as well. And he's a, he's a great man. And you know, he's, he's kind of in this circle that we're in, right? He's a, he's a business owner. He, he has some kids and he's former military. He's coaching people. Um, he said, your comfort zone is your casket. And I immediately was like, Hey, can I post that? Can I quote you? I'll, I'll give you credit, but can I please just put that out there? That is beautiful. It's, it's so challenging to hear you say that, but it's beautiful. And, and that's my thing is my, your comfort zone is your casket. So when you're with a coach, 
you are going to be naturally outside your comfort zone, right? If your coach has you in your comfort zone at all, all the time, you know, that's, he's probably not a very good coach. <laughs> so, uh, so that's just it is that I'm being pushed out of my comfort zone by a couple different people around the area. And, and Adam's one of them. And then I've got a friend who's uh, also kind of ex Ramsey and he's an incredible man as well. And he coaches me and, um, I always joke, there's a lot of value in getting yelled at by a good person. <laughs> and I'm kidding. I'm not ever getting yelled at, but uh, they're pushing me for sure. And uh, I, I do not push myself naturally that hard. So that's, I guess, what I meant by that is um, I'm going to work hard. I wake up with my hair on fire every day. You can ask my wife. I work extremely hard. I'm, I, anyone who knows me will know that. But I will work more efficiently and I'll work in, in ways that are more effective when I have a coach. And I believe that's probably the same with, with most people. I do know that you work very hard um, <laughs> and to take it back to your experience at Ramsey, I don't know anyone who agrees 100% with anyone. Right. Yeah. And then you have Dave who's very, um, you know, his guidelines are very um, provocative. Isn't the right word, but not everyone agrees 100% with Dave either. Um, I'm sure you going there, you agreed with a majority of what he was saying, but how did working for him push you, right? It pushed mm -hmm. you out of your comfort zone. But what were some of your biggest takeaways from being there that, and, and then how are you using them now you know, yeah. after your experience there? Yeah. One of the things it's kind of, it's not an official thing. You won't see this written on the walls, but uh, relationships over results. That's something that I learned a lot there. And while that's probably true everywhere, uh, most places that have decent culture probably you know, they care about your relationships. They care about your situational awareness. They care about how you affect the team more than, hey, did you make those sales today? Because that's going to come, right? If anyone's coachable at all, even even somewhat coachable with some humility, they're going to learn, like especially in sales. I was in an outbound 100% commission sales producing role. You know, you got to figure it out eventually, right? It's kind of sink or swim. But your, your effect on the team is most important. So res, uh, relationships over results, which typically my mind wants to say that backwards. But that's one of the things that was preached a lot. Um, and I'm, I'm glad for it because it was kind of it was actually preached quite a bit at all the companies I've been at. But that's the one where I was able to kind of apply it. And thankfully, um, you know, one of those one of the guys I had, who I have as a coach right now is is from that company. And I you know, someone just dropped off a meal anticipating some, you know, not being able to make food for a while, or at least just having some strapped time for us. So he brought up a meal and he's a former a coworker. And so, yeah, the relationships from that company I'll have forever. I mean, even if I move from this area, I'll, I'll have those friends forever. And um, that's, that's as a result of everyone in that building doing their best to, you know, to put into practice relationships over results. Um, and the only other thing I'll just tack on the back end of that is your presence, right? Your presence matters. Great book by Amy, Amy Cuddy, by the way. Um, but presence is extremely important with attitude day in and day out. So a couple things I learned there that I've continuing to apply. We will definitely throw that on our list. There is a guy in the real estate realm that I follow closely. His name is Ricky Carruth, and he okay. always preaches... Um, relationships over transactions. Yeah. Like uh, you hear them say that you hear him say that once a day, every day or once an hour, every hour. So that's, um, that's interesting that you said that. Was that from the top down? Like, is that l legitimately from Dave or, or what part, what, what part of the, what's the culture like there? Yeah. Kind of just unspoken thing. Like, um, I don't think anyone ever, and again, I, my memory is funny, but, um, I don't remember anyone like saying that explicitly upfront, like day one. It just, it just kind of is a thing that's in all the core values. I mean, there's 17 core values and, and all of them kind of in one way or another, it, you know, talk about, you know, relationships matter more than X and, uh, and usually like output or, or results or sales. So, yeah, I don't know if anyone said it from top down, but it is something that's preached, you know, kind of indirectly um, and culture, you know, the, 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 you know, the pure honesty part of it is I've never been in a more, more turnover high place. And that's including lifetime, Caleb, where we both worked. We both know turnover. It's incredible. Um, this is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the highest turnover I've ever been a part of. I actually lost six of my seven leaders in my first two years. Now, with that being said, it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's high turnover. So, you know, it's just a, it's a hard place to work. And by the way, Dave, Dave will tell you that all day. He'll say, this is a hard place to work. 
Um, and, and they're kind of proud of that. Uh, for me, partly, I, I kind of got poached by a former Ramsey leader with a opportunity I couldn't pass up. You know, I have to be smart for family and whatnot, and it didn't require me to move and things like that. But all, all that to say, um, great people, also just a challenging place to work, just a, a unique environment. So can I can I ask then, like, what keeps you, um, like, what keeps you going? Like, what keeps you going back yeah. in those those type of uh, environments? Yeah, um, for me, it comes down to it's kind of the 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 faith, family, and, and friendships kind of thing. Or what some people they jokingly say, faith, family, and football. Um, I like football, not not that much, but. Uh, I, I feel, I felt like I needed to slow down when I came down to Nashville and I was able to do that with Ramsey. I mean, it was a great place to kind of recenter what was going on, you know, kids growing up and having another kid now and establishing some more like adult relationships. It was, it was great. It was actually probably exactly what I needed. And then there was a moment where I was like, you know what? Um, you know, cause we all get recruited and especially when Ramsey's on a resume, people just come out of nowhere. I'm like, who are you? And <laughs> you don't even know me. And you're, you know, they'll throw you these offers and it's like, this is crazy. There's no way this is, you know, legit, but Ramsey holds a place on a resume, like an Applewood or something, at least here. I, maybe I should speak more locally to Nashville. That's, but um, sure. That makes sense. Right. <laughs> and, and it was, uh, it was good. I needed that. And there was a day where it was like, you know what, I, I'm not going to sacrifice any family or I, I feel like I'm answering a call. I'm not running from something. I'm running to something. And obviously friends didn't change at all. So that's what allowed me to make the transition peacefully and, and not feel horrible about it or something. But um, yeah, that's what's keeping me going. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been very quiet since I moved here. I'm, I'm not quiet at all, but I've been quiet in the mornings and in the evenings. I've had intentional quiet time with the Bible and a journal. And I've felt... Um, I've, I've done a better job listening in this season. And again, I could probably be anywhere and say this, but just, it just so happens to have happened here, you know, kind of during and post Ramsey here in Nashville. Um, and then now I'm in a role where I have a ton of autonomy. Like I can work anywhere. It doesn't really matter where I am. That's unique too. I've never had that kind of freedom before. So, um, and that's something that, you know, and again, this isn't good or bad. It's just how Ramsey is. You, you have to be in the office every day, no matter what. Um, I had a couple issues when, people come in sick. I'll never understand that in my entire life. I'll never get it. It's 2022. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> but um, in general, uh, the freedom helped a lot. That gave me a lot of peace to be able to do, you know, go anywhere and, you know, drive out to Kansas City and see my wife's dad where I could I can work out there because I can be anywhere or I could take some time off and that's fine. But it's it's just, I don't have to like approve that. It's just go ahead. You know, it's you either you're in, you're in the office or you're not. It's no big deal. And I appreciate that. Um, but that's, that's kind of what's keeping me going is I guess I'll throw another F in there with freedom. Um, but yeah, the faith and family, I, I drive hard for them and, uh, and I'm trying to listen <laughs> to my creator as closely as I can, which is something I struggle mightily with, but I'm, I'm working on it. CJ, um, you mentioned taking quiet time. You mentioned pushing hard for faith and family among other things, I know you're a high character individual. Are you willing to share what your current self-development routine looks like or how you are continuing to, um, you know, develop yourself, you know, as a good steward of the talents you've been given is, is the way I'll put it. Yeah. I could try to explain. Yeah. Uh, it, let me know if this answers your question or not, but I, I've developed a routine over the last couple of years that I've just slowly kind of tweaked every day. Like after I read Atomic Habits, I changed it a little bit. After I read Four Hour Work Week, I changed, you know, so I kind of make adjustments. Love but, that. Love yeah. that. <laughs> uh, and sometimes I read books and I don't apply what I learned, right? Because it's like not every book is, is uh, but it, so what I typically do is I, my, my development starts when my eyes open. And I don't mean that to be like, I'm different, but I just, I just feel like when I wake up, if I'm not intentional with those next few minutes, then my day will become more of like a wave I'm on as opposed to me kind of happening to the thing. So I wake up and I don't look at my phone for about half an hour. I do like brush my teeth and I come out and I kind of like to like, I'll either light a candle or I'll just kind of crack the window when there's just a little bit of light outside. And uh, I read my Bible first is the first thing I do. I might pray a little bit. I might just sit for a second, but I, I read my Bible first. I try to get the word into my eyes and into my head right away. And I specifically read out of a paper Bible. That's just, it works for me. I interact with my Bible. I write all over it. Um, 
I got so mad the other day cause I ripped a page. I was like, this is my thing. But, um, so I do that. And then I typically journal, I've got questions listed. Um, I mean, I almost never write the same questions day after day. Like I've got seven listed, but I mean, I usually just end up kind of taking one question and running with it. So things like, what am I feeling and how am I feeling? And I know that sounds really basic, but that really works for me. Um, what am I looking forward to? What is one thing I should start doing? What is one thing I should stop doing? I don't, I don't encourage others to say the word should much, but I just, I like to think that way. Like, Hey, what, what if I did this, what would that look like? Things like that. Um, what am I uh, not looking forward to? And that's a big one because you'll end up usually changing your, your calendar a little bit if you can get into that question. Um, so I ask myself those questions. And then at that point, I can throw a, you know, after that quiet time's over, whether that's 30 or even 10, 10, 10 minutes to an hour, just depending on how it's going. Um, I'll get a podcast going and I'll start to do like, like every morning I do the dishes and I, I kind of get our house the way that I know Bethany likes it in the morning. And by the way, she doesn't tell me to do that. I just do it because I feel like I should, <laughs> so I want to. Um, so that's part of my, my routine as well. Just kind of taking care of the home. Um, the only other thing I'll mention, I don't think I said this, but I do read a, th- a thesaurus every day and I always struggle to say that word, but I read one full page of a thesaurus. It's about, you know, 18 to 20 words. And I typically rewrite one word that I'd like to use that day. That's always really fun. That is so cool. See, first of all, the, your whole answer was unique, but that was like the cherry on top. That was, that was so cool. Appreciate ha, that. Have you, have you heard of uh, Ed Milet, CJ? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah. So like when you were talking about that, the whole uh, not looking at your phone right away and, you know, kind of doing your own routine, whatever that routine is. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've been tapping into him like the last 90 days. Yeah, he's he, he, go ahead. No, I was just I was just gonna say like his met like yeah he's just got a great message like I, I listened to a, a few guys and like it's funny like I don't know if you experienced this CJ but it's almost like they all are connect like they're all connected mm. it's weird so like Ed Milet will have people like he had Grant Cardone on his podcast he had Sean Stevenson on his podcast and these are guys that I I also listen to their podcasts as well. Um, so, no, so as you were talking about the, the whole morning routine, like he, Ed Milet is heavy on the controlling mm-hmm. the first 30 of your day and then the last 30 of your day or minutes, like 30 minutes before beginning of the day and the 30 minutes at the end of your day to help then get you some routine to then start to start controlling the, the middle there. Yeah. Uh, so no, I thought, I thought that was, that was awesome. Yeah. And I, I love what he says about that. I actually heard him on the Frizella, Andy Frizella's podcast, which okay. I don't listen to it consistently, but um, I'm a client. I buy their protein, <laughs> the first form. They're, they're a good brand. They're, they're a little bit more expensive these days. I might need to switch it up. But um, anyways, I, I saw him there and I was like, who is this? Who's Ed Millette or whatever. And I, and yeah. I looked further and I was like, oh, this guy's actually bigger than Andy is. Um, <laughs> so I got into him and he's, he's great. Uh, yeah. And I, the, the one thing I might add, and, and he it's possible he gets into this too, so I don't want to take this from Ed. He probably talks about this, but just from this conversation is I, I love to control the first few minutes of my day. Like I'll make my bed, at least half my bed, and then I'll um, I'll do some other things around the house and, and have a presence and do that. But then there is a, just the like centering myself to where uh, sometimes I even have to write truths down. Like I'm going to help people today or today isn't about me. Like I actually have to sometimes say that because sometimes I kind of feel like the sun's looking right at me all the time and it goes around me. (laughs) And if I'm not careful, like I'll actually, I'll, that'll actually come through in my mind and in my thought life and in my actions. So yeah, I love that we can, you know, make your bed in the morning or make a good healthy breakfast every day. Like I'm, I'm a smoothie guy. I love to make good smoothies and, uh, do those thing kind of things. Like even when I go to the gas station, I go in, I like to, t- you know, it's Tennessee. So everyone's friendly here. So I'll like talk to them. They, they know me, they know my son. Like I'll, I'll try to do those things and have a good presence where I'm, I'm externally focused early in the morning. And then the rest of my day, it's not as challenging to be that way. Cause obviously my bent is not like that. I'm very selfish. And I try to, I try to fight that the moment my eyes open. I disagree, CJ. You're an awesome <laughs> dude. I like I can see you walking into this gas station and being like the nicest dude because <laughs> that's who you are. Um, uh, my next question is given your expansive 10 years of professional experience and your huge immense professional growth. Um, 
what are some things you're telling your 18 year old self, you know, advice wise or, or your son, if, when he turns 18, for example. Yeah, that's a, uh, I love that question. Um, I I'll say this and actually uh, to kind of bring it somewhat full circle, Caleb, you guys told me to do this at lifetime. You and a lot of the leaders at lifetime said things to to new trainers, like, Hey, be the mayor. You know, not everyone's going to buy from you, but everyone should know you. I would say that to my 18 year old self is be the mayor, wherever you are. And whether you're working a deli at a grocery store, which I've done, or, you know, you're selling to some of the, I mean, most affluent business owners in the world, be the mayor and everyone should know you, um, whether they buy from you or not, you know, you're not your last sale. Don't worry about it. Don't get into the weeds with that kind of, again, the relationships over results thing, be the mayor, know everyone, and then everyone will know you. And that can spider web a lot of different ways, right? Post, post career and friends and um, but ultimately, you'll serve a lot of people that way. And usually, more often than not, I, ne- never promising this, but usually you'll be extremely successful in the work you're in if you act that way as well. So that's the advice I would give. I've been telling Coop he needs to be the mayor. <laughs> I, I think I think I probably just told everyone that I ever met that, CJ. You know, just be, <laughs> just be the mayor. That's all you have yeah. to do. Yeah, it's good advice. And it was great in the gym because I'd run out and pull people off treadmills and end up they'd end up being a client, whether it was that day or maybe a couple of weeks later, um, you end up kind of developing this fun rapport. Like I'll never forget. I, I ended up landing this client. She ended up joining a class. So it was a low, low barrier of entry, but she's still friends with my wife. Like she sent me and my dad to, to a Vikings game. Like they're awesome people, but it all started with her not, not being able to, like, I tried to go get her off the treadmill. I was like, Hey, let, let me train you I, just for an hour. It's on me. I see her all the time, right? Let's do this. And she's like, absolutely not. I have no interest in that. But then she goes, but wait, aren't you teaching those classes over there? Because I think I might, I might like to do that. And I remember she referenced like the age of the women in the class were very similar to her age. And that made her feel comfortable. But training one-on-one with me scared her to death. So I was like, yeah, join my class. Come out for a week. And, uh, and, and if you want to join me, great. If, if not, at least you'll know what's, what we're doing. She signed up right away because she was like, you know, this is, this is what I've been wanting. But no one invited me. And I was like, man. I, I don't know what it was about that day, but I invited her without knowing that's what I was doing. And it was all just because you guys were telling me to be the mayor. <laughs> so you do that, you know, times 365 times 10 years and uh, it, it'll work out. Take was, notes, Take was, notes. was there anything, um, we're getting close to the end here, but I'm, I'm curious, was there any time in, in like in your 10 year career uh, being in sales, uh, that you had like a failure or like something didn't go your way. Uh, I'm curious, like how you overcame, came that. Hmm. I will say, um, when I became an account manager in a, in a Aerotech, which is a staffing company, uh, by the way, I think they've changed their name even, but I'll just reference Aerotech. Cause that's the company I was with. I was doing healthcare staffing and I knocked on a bunch of doors in a building. I was doing in-person cold calling, you know, way before COVID, which I'm sure that's died down quite a bit now. But um, I went to an office building and it said no soliciting on the door. I walked in and I had called the guy beforehand. He was a medical doctor who was trying to hire. And I had a bunch of medical assistants. I was kind of had in my hopper ready to go. I even had my recruiter with me. We came out and she's like, hey, you, you can't. She was pretty, pretty nasty to me. She's like, you can't be here. I'm literally about to pick up the phone and make sure like I'm going to, you know, I don't think there was ever security in the building, but she's like, you can't be here. So I was like, no, but I, I know Dr. Jacobson, like he's, he's expecting me. She's like, no, you can't be here. And a lesson I learned that day, cause I, I had to leave. I was like, I can't, I'm not, I'm not going to fight with this receptionist. So I called Dr. Jacobson. I was like, Hey, can you talk to your team and let me in? And, and he ended up getting busy and I ended up missing this whole meeting. I, I missed the whole thing. Hour, hour of his time, hour of my time gone. And the, the thing I learned was I didn't know his receptionist at all. I had called her probably 10 times set this meeting, emailed a little bit. Never once did I ask her anything about her day. I didn't even know her name until I was there that day. Uh, she didn't know anything about me. I just kept saying, hey, is this guy available? And you know, is this job posting legit? Because that's what I'm calling about, right? And I learned, hey, I, I probably should have got to know her better. I bet you if I sent her flowers, she would have known exactly who I was, right? And I'm not saying every receptionist likes flowers, but just in that situation, I remember seeing flowers on her desk and I was like, man, I could have gotten to know this team way better and been able to serve this doctor and it ended up getting in there and we ended up even staffing with them. And it was a, it was a neurology clinic. It was really cool. But 
I wasted a lot of time being selfish and being single-minded <laughs> and not being relationally driven. So that was just a lesson learned of, man, if I would have touched a few more lives in a way that was much more human, much more impactful, much more really who I probably am, I just, for some reason, got away from that and it, and it burned me. So again, it all goes back to this theme, I think, is, is relationships over results. That is an um, insane story, CJ. That is I, I an just, insane story. I just, I just want to add uh, two, like two quick things about that story. That's an awesome story, um, and I love guys that like take full responsibility. Even like, even though like she didn't have to say those things to you. Like, I mean, in the same <laughs> breath, she she didn't she didn't even know who you were. Like, yeah, you know, CJ. So like, who is her? Like, who is she to? You know, but I, I love guys that like just take full responsibility. Like I didn't even get to know this lady. Like I didn't know the team. So so I love that. And then like the second thing, like obviously, like I'm a big believer that you have to know who the gatekeepers are mm. in some in, in like in those instances. Like who who's got the keys to the to the kingdom or who's mm-hmm. got the keys to the to the door. Cause I mean, not to stereotype everyone, but sometimes those gatekeepers like to like be the boss. Right. Oh, like yeah. they, they like to run the show and like, oh, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. So that's just I, I, I love that story. And it, it was, um yeah, just two things I, I picked out from it. Yeah. And, and I think there's a genuine interest that has to come by. Like even, you know, yeah. my four year old can sense when I'm being not present or I'm BSing like he can he knows. So, of yeah. course, uh, you know, 35 year old, um, you know, scheduler is going to going to know. So, yeah, I think if, if you're genuine about it and not just being snaky. Yeah, that it goes a long way. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Caleb, you got anything else over there? Uh, the last thing I'd ask is, you know, what book are you reading right now, and would you recommend it? Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, I would recommend it. Now, I'll call. I'm a hundred pages into like a four hundred page book. It's called "The Body Keeps the Score," uh, mm-hmm. Bessel van der Kolk. And actually, Dr. John Deloney from Ramsey, he recommended this like five years ago, and I just happened to finally buy it. Um, but it's a lot. It's it's a really dense. I mean, it's real dense, but it's essentially about um, emotional trauma and the things that we carry with us that we may not even know. Interesting. Um, but it's definitely going to help me be a better man, a better husband, a better salesperson, a better friend. So highly recommend. But it's the kind of book like when you're reading this book, you're not reading anything else. <laughs> mm. Yeah, definitely recommend it. And and by the way, just because we brought it up on this podcast, Presence by Amy Cuddy, uh, I would recommend that as well. Very different book, but I would recommend it. Love it. And for anyone who's interested in following along on your journey, what you're up to, your day to day, they have they want they have questions, they need advice. Um, what's the best way for people to connect with you, CJ? Yeah, that's, I appreciate you asking. Uh, the The only place I'm really active is LinkedIn. Um, I do technically have a Twitter, but it's it's just at CJ McMunn, and it's uh, it's just reposts of what I post on LinkedIn. But uh, I enjoy Twitter a little bit. I, I'm more of a passive engager, but uh, yeah, cool, I'm pretty bro. active on LinkedIn. Cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fun. You know, sports stuff and and weather stuff, but. Um, yeah, I use LinkedIn every day, so I'm in my I'm in my DMs every day, um, whether it's for an hour or for five minutes, but, um, that's the one place you can find me consistently. Awesome. 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 Well, CJ, thanks for giving us your time. Um, you know, I know it's, uh, we're all, we're all busy. So, um, just want to say thanks for covering up some time to come chat and get to know you a little bit better. Yeah. Thank you both Cooper and Caleb. I appreciate it. Like I said, I'm, I'm humbled. I've, I've never been a, on a podcast before and I know I even, I think we even rescheduled this on my behalf once. So thank you guys. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm honored and uh, I've, I've, I've been enjoying shipbuilding ever since you guys brought that up to me a couple months ago. So uh, it's been awesome to, to be a part of it. Thank you. Hey, now you're ready for when you get the, you know, the big league, you know, invitation. <laughs> oh, for sure. yep. Now you're ready to go. You, <laughs> yep, you've done nah. this before. You know what you're doing. I did my time. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. <clears throat> awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks again, CJ. Thank yeah, you. Thank you very much, sir. Another great episode. Episode, I think this is going to be 130. Pretty sure. Pretty sure it's going to be 130.
Is this is this another coop coop clips? No, it's not no coop clips, bro. This is this is this is the ship building with Cooper and Caleb. Oh, so this is our episode with CJ. Yes. Episode one thirty. Okay, cool. I just wanted to triple check. Takeaways, bro. Um read more. Read more uh self develop more read your scripture or whatever you read more um and what did he say relationships over outcomes uh relationships over results i think results okay yep similar um it just hammers home relationships over transactions for me and yeah. and all the overall um the overall goal of shipbuilding right is build relationships oh for sure for sure for sure uh for me um i just love the uh the controlling your morning um was was one of my big takeaways um it's just cool to hear someone that's doing that and implementing that as well. Like not looking at your phone for the first 30, you know, creating your own thing, getting your mind right. And like you reacting or you being a force on the world instead of that force being pushed on you. Um, so I, I think that was, that was awesome. And then I, I love the whole thing with the coach, um, getting a coach or getting around people that are going to push you, um, to be uncomfortable um, is, you know, I mean, that's, that is the, like, I truly believe that is the, one of the fastest ways to, to get what, to whatever level that you want to get to is get around people that have a done that thing and that are farther ahead of you or get around people that, that will push you to take that action or be uncomfortable. So, um, yeah, no, I thought that was great, man. This was a great episode. I really, uh, really enjoyed it. I knew, I knew, I knew CJ was a quality guy, so I knew it was going to be a quality episode. But um, he definitely, I mean, he said a lot of things that just push you and make you want to be a better version of yourself. Like you said, yeah. get around higher, get around people, right? So CJ is one yeah. of those guys, for sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, so we'll put his uh, profile, his LinkedIn profile in the show notes. He's super active on LinkedIn. The guy kills it on there. Love it, love it. Please uh, make sure to subscribe or rate, subscribe, leave a review. Um, That's all I got. Until the next See, Coop clip, Coop. That was so terrible. See you next week, everybody. <laughs>